This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right, good. Let's start. Later enough. Later enough. Okay, so this week's Pasha is Pasha's Toldos. I'm sorry that I'm not that clear. A little bit fakil, as they say in Yiddish, under the weather. Um, so this week's Pasha's Toldos. First of all, just from last week, um, we mentioned the Chidah, and the Chidah said that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu and Tzipporah were buried in the Mars HaMachpel, and we brought certain proofs from it. Um, and there's still the question that was open was that it's called Kiryas Arba, that there were four couples buried in the Mars HaMachpel. But if you say that Moshe Rabbeinu and Tzipporah were buried there, so you have five couples. So the question on the Chidah is if the, if, if if it, was four, if it was five couples, should it be called Kiyosarva? Specifically called Kiyosarva because there were four couples. So one of our Talmidim last week came up with a beautiful Teretz that according to the Chidah, Avram Avinu was a Gilgal of Adam and Sarimena was a Gilgal of Chava. So if they were Gilgulim, so really Adam and Chava, Avram and Sarah were one. So that's one. And then you have uh, Rivka and, and, ya- and Yitzchak is two, and you have um, Leah and Yaakov is three, and Moshe Beno and Tzipor is four. So according to that, it would answer the Chidah that there were really only four Zugais because Avram and Adam and Sarah and Chava were one. So I think that I, never, I didn't see it anyway, but I think it was Ruch Kodesh. I think it's a, it's a very beautiful Teretz. <coughs> so I have spoken many times um, about this um, theory that I started writing, trying to write a book many years ago, but it never got to it. And that is that there's a Zayar, and the Zayar says that, that um, and you see it in many different ways, that the physical world, that Hashem created, Bracious Bara, the whole physical world, um, the blueprint was, of course, the Torah, but it's, it's a mirror of the spiritual world. The spiritual world and the physical world mirror each other in many, many, many different ways. And um, one of the ways that it mirrors each other is something called spiritual DNA, which I'm writing, I'm actually in the middle of a book on. Um, and there are many proofs in the Torah to spiritual DNA. What does it mean, spiritual DNA? What does that mean? That means that the parents, just like the parents of a child, um, have an effect on their physical being, um, the color of your eyes, how tall you grow, the color of your skin. Um, there's, many diff- there's many different things in, in the genetics and DNA of a person that a child has also the same thing from its parents in the spiritual DNA. The difference is, um, right now, they are trying to play around with, uh, with being able to change the DNA of a person. Um, it's called splicing genes, genetics. Um, they're working on it, especially in the cure of cancer, um, to rearrange the DNA of the person, or the cancer of the person. So um, they're trying to work on it. But we see from the Torah that you could change the DNA. You can change the DNA. In other words, DNA, physical DNA, is inherited. You can't change the color of your eyes. You can could, you could put, uh, put on blue lenses, but your eyes are still brown. Right? So you could... You could not change your DNA. You could color your hair 
blonde, even though it's black, or black, even though it's blonde. But Lamaisha, the roots of your hair are still are still blonde. But we see that in the spiritual world, you're able to change change your DNA. The basis of my book and the basis of this theory, it's not a theory, the basis of, of this idea is the Klayakar of this week's parsha. Very clearly, clearly, that's the actual forward introduction to my book, is very clear about that we inherit the DNA of our parents. <coughs> the difference is that we're able to change our DNA. How do you know you're able to change your DNA? So if you go from a couple of parshas from here, um, with the story of Dina, parshas of Yishlach, parshas of Yishlach, it says the following, Dina, Bas and Dina, the daughter of Leah, went out, she went out to see the fashions of, the, of what was going on in the world. Dina went out, the daughter of Leah, that was born to Yaakov. Leah with nice to see what's going on in the fashion world. What's, what are the what are the Goyim doing? What are the girls of the Goyim doing? Now, Rashi has a big problem with this. It should say, Dina Bas Yaakov, who gave birth to, to Dina? Not Yaakov. Who gave birth to Dina? Leah gave birth. To, to, she gave birth to, to, to Dina. Dina was the child of Yaakov. The Pesach says the opposite. Right? Dina, the daughter of Leah, went out. Asher Yodel Yaakov. It was born to Yaakov. It wasn't born to Yaakov. It was born to Leah. So it should say, Vatetzi Dina Bas Yaakov. Asher Yodel Leah. Rashi has a problem with this pasuk. So Rashi's asked this question. He says, "So what? What is the Torah? Why does the Torah say Vatetzi Dina Bas Leah? Say Vatetzi Dina Bas Yaakov." So Rashi says the following. Interesting, Rashi. Bas Leah below Bas Yaakov. She went out, the daughter of Leah. The Torah is telling us specifically, not the daughter of Yaakov. So here's your first insight, boys. What the Torah is saying is that her DNA, right, her spiritual DNA, she was Bas Because physically, she was Bas Yaakov, right? But, but spiritually, the Torah was telling us that she was Bas Her DNA of her behavior of going out and not staying home was Leah, not Yaakov. Leah, the Lobas Yaakov, not the daughter of Yaakov, spiritually DNA. Ella, Yitziosa, Nicholas Bas Leah. The Torah telling us that my Tetzay Dina, that Dina went out, right? That going out, that leaving base Yaakov and going into the streets, of New York to see what's going on, that's not a daughter of Yaakov. That's not Yaakov's DNA. Yaakov's DNA, guys, is the Yeshiva Holim. Yaakov's DNA is sitting at home and learning. The word Vatetse, going out and see what's going on, that's not Yaakov. That's Leah's DNA. Leah was a, 
woman that went out? Like, what are you talking about, right? She was a tznua. What's he talking about? Zokrashi. She's called Bas Leah. Why? Because Leah did the same thing that Dina did. Leah went out. The same word. Leah went out to meet Yaakov Avinu. And Rashi says in his days, from there comes the parable. Ki'ima kibita, like mother, like daughter. That's very old, like mother, like daughter. It's Rashi. Like mother, like daughter. Rashi writes this down. What's going on over here? So, what's what takes Leah the cross When did Leah go out to meet him? So, boys, this is what happened. What happened was like this. Rachimeno had no children. And Ruvain came in from the Ketir, from the, from the harvest of the wheat, and he found Daduim. Daduim growing the ground. And they have a power of taking a woman who can't have children and gives her the power to have children. It's a very special plant called Daduim. When she saw that Ruvain found the Daduim, Rachel, she very much wanted to have a baby. Her sister already had a bunch of babies, and she had no babies. So she made a deal with Leah. She said to Leah, okay, so, so he had four wives, Zachary Ravino. It wasn't sneers for a man to have one house with four women, and then every night a different woman would come to his bedroom. It's not sneers to the other three women to see, you know, sort of like taking turns. It's not, it's not sneers. So what they used to do is that every woman had her own tent. She had her own house. Right? Your own tent with her own servants. So it's like he owned four houses. And then when it was her turn, that night Yaakovina would go to her house. The other three didn't have to see. It wasn't sneeze in one house, but it wasn't going in, wasn't going out. It's not nice. So that night that Reuven came in and he had these down to him and Rachel wanted them was Rachel's night to be with Yaakovina. Yaakovina was supposed to come to Rachel's tent. He knew. He knew the schedule. He knew he was supposed to go to Rachel's tent. Rachel made a deal with, with Leah that if you give me the Daduim, I'll give up my night with Yaakov and they go to you. I'll send them to you. Right? Which was a big deal. And Leah agreed to this deal. Except Leah should have waited until Yaakov Avinu came into the encampment and she would have gone over to him and said, by the way, tonight, don't go to Rachel, come to me, I made a deal. But Leah was so excited that, that she switched knives that she didn't wait till Yaakov Ravinu came into the, to the, to where the houses were. But Tate Leah, she went out into the field. She didn't wait till he came in. She ran out into the field and said, Yaakov, tonight you're coming to me, not to Rachel. The Torah, on the level that they were, the Torah finds that to be not modest, not sneeze. You don't go running out into the field to tell your husband it's your night. She should have waited till he came in. So Rashi is saying, and some other professional are saying, that because Leah went out and wasn't a Tznua, right? She went out and she wasn't a Tznua. Because of that, Dina, who was her daughter, had the same Nida. She also went out when she should have stayed home. So guys, the question is like this. In spiritual DNA, I spoke about this last night. 
in spiritual DNA, Dina wasn't alive when, when what's it called, when Leah ran out to Yaakov Avinu. Dina wasn't born yet. In fact, I believe that Dina was born from that night. So Dina wasn't even born yet. How could a kid learn from a parent, right? Because a parent wasn't the tznu and she went out, that the child should be the same way. She, wa- she, didn't, she wasn't even conceived yet. When Leah ran out, she wasn't even conceived yet. How could she have a midah like her mother? Because you have an iPhone. This is why I spoke about it last night. I spoke about technology. Because you have an iPhone, your kid will have an iPhone. If the kid never saw you with the iPhone, how could it affect your child? If you're watching movies and stuff you shouldn't be looking at, so how can that affect your child? Now, we do know, talk about, um, talk about spiritual DNA, we do know that when a man and woman are together, you take out the Mishavrura and you learn about, um, in, in, in the, I think it's in the end of the second Chalet, and you learn about when a child conceived, in all the... In all the in, <laughs> All the Svarim, which is a chapter in my book, with all the, with all the, um, a lot of the Svarim bring this down, that when a child is conceived, when a man and woman are together, when a child is conceived, if they have the wrong thoughts, then it brings down a, not such a holy neshama. It has a lot to do with your children, it has a lot to do with the moment that the man and woman are together, what your machshavos are, what your thoughts are. And we see, this is a very deep subject, we see that when a man and woman is together, at that moment, if you have holy thoughts, you have holy children. And if you just have animalistic thoughts, just about being physical, then you have children that are animals. Um, Yaakov Avinu knew this secret. When it came later on to get the sheep from Lavan, Right, so he made a deal with Lavan that all the striped and speckled sheep belong to him, and all the normal sheep belong to Lavan. Lavan thought it was a joke. It's like, oh man, I beat this guy. You're going to work all the time. He's like any speckled sheep. Sheep don't have stripes. They're not zebras, right? So Lavan thought he had Yaakov Avinu beat, but Yaakov Avinu knew this whole theory. That when the child is conceived, it's what you're thinking of has an effect on the child to the level, to the level that the child will come out. And that's why, by the way, if you look at the Mishabura, if a man, this is all proof, this happens to be a chapter in my book, it's part of proof of this whole spiritual DNA, this is a halacha. If you're with your wife, at that moment, you're thinking of another woman. Right, you're with your wife, but you're thinking of another woman. That's why a person, some rabbis give people um, permission because physically it's not, things are not working, husband and wife. So some rabbis give them permission to watch movies that are not exactly clean to help things along. And I actually had a very big argument with one of them. Uh, and I said, I, I understand where you're coming from, but Lamaisa, if the man just watched a movie where he saw pictures of other women... And then he's with his wife, then it's going to cause a child that's born from there to be Tomei and to come from a very bad place because the, he's thinking of another woman. Mishimur <coughs> says it's like, it's like adultery. You be with your wife at that moment, think of another woman, 
It's much like it's like being with the other woman. So it's not for tonight's share, but if you if you delve deep into that whole subject, because there's a thing called spiritual DNA. So even though you're physically with your wife, if you're thinking about another woman, the spiritual DNA that the child's going to have is not from your wife. It's going to have the spiritual DNA of the person that you're thinking of. So the and, and that comes out later on in the physical world. How do you know that? So the Shabu says, I mean, this is a, we're a uh, mature audience here, right? This year is for mature audiences only. The Mishnah Bruce says you're not allowed to look at the place of reproduction by a woman. The room's supposed to be dark. You're not allowed to look at that part of a, of a woman's body. And he specifically says that if you do look at a part of that, the child will be born blind. Blind is a physical ailment. So by looking at, at a part of a woman's body, the child's going to be born blind. Or God forbid, if you put your mouth, the, the Mishnah Bruce says, the child will not be able to talk. He'll be born dumb. He won't be able to speak. What are you talking about? These are physical things. These are looking at somebody. How does that change who my child's going to be? The Mishnah Bru, I'll show it to you if you... Mishnah Bru says very clearly, what are you talking about? Because I looked at something? My child is going to be blind? Blind is, 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 a, is a physical thing. I looked at something that's like a spiritual thing. You're going to... Because... The DNA, because you're looking at this thing, the DNA has a huge effect on the child. So there's, there's definitely, a, um, there's, there's definitely, a, what's it called? A, um, they parallel each other. There's definitely an effect. Yaakov Avinu knew this. So what did he do? Animals in heat, when they're in heat, that's when they reproduce. So where, when are they in heat? The sheep, he was a shepherd, he knew. But they're in heat when they come in from the field to drink water. So he went ahead and he went ahead and by the by the water where the sheep came, he took he took pieces of wood and he painted them white and black, so that when they were reproducing with each other, the sheep were surrounded by planks and wood of stripes. And he knew that when you're at that moment, whatever you're thinking of, right spiritually in that world, it will come out physically. So all the babies of all these sheep came out with stripes and polka dots. So Lavan lost his whole flock. He only kept the, 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 the normal ones, which is the ones that had the children. And Yaakov ended up becoming extremely rich. He knew this secret. He knew that the physical and spiritual world, um, they, what's it called? They, they parallel each other. But, but the, 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 the Chiddush by Leah, and this is what I spoke about last night, because we were talking about iPhones, and I, I spoke in a school about this last night. So the Chiddush by Leah is that the girl, that, that Dina wasn't in the world. And now you're telling me because she went out and wasn't at Snua, Dina, who wasn't in the world, now went out to Shechem and we know what happened to her? And the answer is, yeah. The spiritual DNA is carried just like your child is not in the world, you're five years old, but you're carrying the DNA that your child's going to have. The brown eyes, everything else. doesn't come later. That's in you when you're born. So because Leah did this, by the way, she became pregnant, Leah, with Dina, right after she went out into the field. So it had a direct effect on her daughter. right? And look what happened because of that effect. She gets raped by Shechem and they have to kill out the whole Shechem. 
Right? And Rashi says, straight up spiritual DNA. Now, Kleyaka this week, which I'm going to learn with you, says the same thing. I just want to tell you what it says over here. Um, I'll show you what it says very clearly. Very clearly. Let's see what he says this. Uh, anyway, before you get married, you definitely should learn the mission of Brewer on this. Definitely have to learn it. Here, listen to this. Dalit. Dalit, Dalit, Dalit. First of all, he says like this. Well, Yishta Adam And this is just a uh, a nice way of saying it. Okay, the way the Mishnah brings it down, the Shachar brings it down. Well, Yishta Adam A person shouldn't drink from one cup, right? From one glass of wine. While he's drinking that cup, and, and have his eyes on a different cup. He's saying in a nice Russian, you shouldn't be with your wife thinking about another woman. But Filu, says the even if both of them um, are his wives, or he's married to two women, and he shouldn't be thinking of one while um, while he's with another one. We eat in parish, he shouldn't be thinking about another one while he's with this one. Okay, that's one. Um, also, the shtakel by Samakam, you're not allowed to look in that place. Listen to this. You're not allowed to look at, at, in that place. Shakalam shtakelisham enle by shispanam. Person who looks there is not a person who has who has busha. How do you say busha in English? Embarrassment, yeah. shame. shame. A person who has shame won't sin. Okay. Person who kisses there, he's over on everything. Right on top of that, Shoeva about the shocks for some Sheikhan. He's over there, Vera, that you shouldn't do disgusting things. Okay? Well, listen carefully. The Be'er Halacha says, Asa Lestakel, you're not allowed to look in that place. Vo'ayra's there. And a person who does this, does look at this place, having a banim sumim. It's going to have blind children. It's brought down from the Gemara. Now, what about. Says that Shukhanah Vachol Shekhain. That's if you look there. Hameshek Sham. Right? What happens to a person who's Meshek there? Says the Bir Halacha. For Evazah, a person who does that, Havenle Banam Almim. He's going to have children that are dumb, that can't speak. It's also brought down in the Gemara. So the question is, what are you talking about? Like, these are why should a person be blind? He's just looking somewhere. The answer is that 
that it has an effect on the child. Even if from that time that he looked, he, she didn't get pregnant. She got pregnant later. Just like, just like my Dina. So we see this crazy connection between the spiritual world and the physical world. That doing spirit, something spiritually wrong, looking at something you shouldn't look at, can have an effect on your child. That doesn't mean that if you see a blind person, it means that the father did that. It mean, it, that that's not, it, it could be that that's what happened, but it doesn't mean that every blind person comes from this. But this is what it says, and it says a person who does, who, 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 who puts his mouth somewhere he shouldn't put, children are not going to be able to talk. And this is that Rabbi Walfstein, Chumrah, you know, he's a crazy rabbi. I'm reading you Shulchan Aruch. Allah is very clear on it. So we see there's a crazy connection. And that, and that, and I have to tell you, I have to tell you that, um, I had five daughters, Baruch Hashem, and I loved them very much. And my father, my father passed away. I was much older, my wife was much older. We were already married many, many years. And I went to my Rebbe, Rebbe Gamaliel, and I asked him for a bracha, because I really wanted a boy very bad. I always wanted a boy, but of course, my father passed away. I wanted a boy to name after him. So I went to him for a bracha, whatever it was. And my wife said, you know, I'm older, and you know that, that when you get older, so there's a, your, your chances of having a Down syndrome changed very drastically from 20% to like triple that. So my wife was a little bit worried. She was already in her 40s. She was a little bit worried to have another child because, so she said to Rabbi Gamliel, I'm a little worried that the percentages changed very drastically. So he said, no, you don't have to worry about it. But he said something very interesting. He said that the benzakunim, the children that people have when they're very old, are usually big tzaddikim and very regish. They're very quiet. They're, they're very quiet. They're not crazy kids. He said, why? He says, because when you're young, you're very animalistic in your relationship, female, male. You're a young guy. You're very animalistic. It's more the physical action. So your kids that come from that are more physical action. He says, people, when they have children later on, it's not the physical action. You already know each other very much. It's more, it's more calm. It's not so crazy. It's more spiritual connection than it is the physical animal part. So he says, those kids come out to be, their midos, they're much quieter, they're more, they're less animalistic and more spiritual. He says, and he, he said, he, he, he said, uh, he said, I'll tell you the truth, you look at kids from people that are married a very long time, you'll see they're much calmer than the kids from when you're like, just got married 20 to 8, you know, when you're like that. So there's a very crazy connection, specifically when children are conceived, you know, to be where you're at. Why did I say this last night? So I, I spoke at a, I spoke in a school about the whole um, problem with cell phones today. And I told the parents, I said, uh, Hashem, I, had a do- I have a daughter, my youngest daughter, and um, she was in school and she had a lot of peer pressure. She had a lot of peer pressure because most of her class had iPhones. And of course, I'm very against it. And I told her that she's not getting uh, a smartphone until she graduates school. When she's 18, one of the fears of having an iPhone by a teenage girl is she's going to start talking to boys and get, and get connected to them. I said, listen, when you're 18, you want to talk to a guy on your iPhone or on, on your smartphone? No problem. Marry him. I don't, have, I don't have a problem with it. You're talking to a boy at 18? Fine, we're going to marry you. At 16, I have a problem. So when she, when I gave her her phone... The night after graduation, she had a phone like mine, and her whole class had iPhones. So I told the parents last, so I said, 
So how did I get away with that? She was talking, had a lot of peer pressure. Every time she came to me and she said, Tati, I want, a, I want a smartphone. My whole class is on, you know, bungalow chat, camp chat, school chat. And she had, you don't chat. This poor little, this baby don't chat, right? It's chatless. So, so she felt very left out. There's a lot of peer pressure. So every time she came to me, I said, I don't have one. And I have Kananahara three schools. At that time, I was teaching in a fourth school. I own three schools. I teach in a fourth school. I have a family with grandchildren. I have a business. And I don't have a phone. I know that you're very busy in 12th grade and 11th grade. You're a busy kid, right? But if I don't have it, you don't have it. And until I have it, you can't have it. The minute I get one, you get one. So I was telling the parents, I was saying, if you can't say that, if you can't say that to your kid, if you can't say, I don't have it, so you can't have it, then it's your fault. Because to tell a child, listen, when, when you grow up, and you'll be an adult, then you can have what I have. Fathers, I have friends, right, Shabbos, they drink. And they tell their sons, who are 15, when you're my age, you can drink. But right now, no way, you're not getting a drink. And I'm like, you're idiots. You're really idiots. Why? Because here, I'm the kid. My father's supposed to be a smart guy. I like my father. I think he's smart. I think he's responsible. So if you are smart and responsible, don't feel that this is irresponsible. Me, who I'm an idiot, I'm a 16-year-old teenager, I surely can drink. If a smart guy can drink, and there's nothing wrong with it, so a guy like me can surely drink. You're supposed to be the example. So like a father who's making a lechayim and drinking himself drunk on Shabbos, and he's telling him, oh no, you don't do this. When you get to my age, you can do this. It's a fool. A negative behavior, when you do a neg- I'm not saying driving. Driving until you're, you're 16, 17, you're not allowed to drive. It's not a negative behavior, but a neg- to tell a child that my negative behavior that I'm doing is only because I'm mature, and you are immature, so you can't do this negative behavior, is stupid. It's an oxymoron. It's foolish. It's, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So for me to tell my daughter that you can't have an iPhone, and I have this phone, I have a right to say that. Also, I believe there's a spiritual DNA in it. Your kid knows. I talked about neshamas talking to neshamas. They know when you when you give them muster about something, if you're not keeping it. Even though up here they don't know, the soul knows, the heart knows. They speak to each other. We know that. We went through a shir a few weeks ago. We know that hearts speak to hearts. Zvarim shibalev, nechnasim olev, right? Zvarim that come out of the heart, go into the heart, not into the brain. So the souls talk to each other. So your kid knows, even though he doesn't know here. But his heart got shut, his feelings, he knows here. So you're telling him not to watch TV, and you secretly in your room watch TV, he knows that. He's not going to listen, because that's a spiritual DNA. Look what happened over here. She wasn't even born yet, and she got the spiritual DNA from her mother. The biggest raya of spiritual DNA is maisa avais simen labana. What does that mean? What does that mean? I do something, affects my kids. How can that be? That's spiritual DNA. Abraham Avinu. He tells Sodom, I don't even want a shoelace. And the terrorist says, why did he say that to Sodom? He told Sodom, I don't even want a shoelace because I don't want you saying that you made me rich. Then he goes to Mitzrayim. Paro gives him gold, camels, donkeys, money, and he takes everything. 
Why wasn't he worried about that power? was going to say, I made Avraham Avinu rich. And the answer is, what did Rashi say? Because he knew later on that when we're going to leave Mitzrayim, we're going to ask the Mitzrayim for clothes and money and donkeys. So he felt that if he takes now, thousands of years before, money from the Mitzrayim, it'll be in the DNA of the Mitzrayim to give Jews so when we ask for it, it won't bother them. Those Egyptians didn't know these Egyptians. It was many generations later. So because you took money from him, it's going to make it easier for them? The answer is yes. It put into the Egyptian DNA to give money to Jews. And therefore, even though they did not know Abraham Avinu and this parol, it was much later, it had an effect on them. Now the real, the real um, straight up clear clear spiritual DNA speech it's from this week's Parsha and it's the first Klayaka if you want to look it up the Klayaka was written in 1500 so it's about 515 between 1550 and 1619 so let's say even it was written in 1619 so you're talking what 500 years Right? No. 400 years? 400 years. So the Kalyaka was 400 something years ago. Okay? It's beautiful. So it's beautiful. My father used to learn it all the time on Shabbos. But they just came out with it in English. The first time. So you could, you could buy the Sefer. It's called the Kalyaka. By Eliyahu Levine. It's a must. It's a must. Because the people who didn't learn Kalyaka was because it was hard to understand. Now that it's in English, it's not hard to understand. What? No, FT, FT. Ah, Hati. Rabbi Miller used to have used to say uh, he wrote some before he drank a coffee. He wrote a he wrote some because coffee is so good. What Rabbi Victor Miller wrote a he wrote some on, on coffee. Well, when you're sick or when you're not sick, a hot tea with honey is very very good. I explained to a girl today and a girl in my office today that's the first time everyone ever said it to me. She said. Not the first time. I haven't heard it in a long time. I hate Jews. I'm an atheist, first of all. And I hate Jews. And I definitely hate rabbis more than I hate Jews. I'm like, well, rabbis are Jews, but okay. Well, anyway. She said, but I like you. I'm like, okay, good. But we can talk. We had a very good talk. She's a girl that went through a lot of stuff, whatever it was. Um, so she said, she said to me, she sits down and she goes, my parents want me to talk to you. My teacher wants me to talk to you. But you know, um, I feel like I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to tell you all my secrets. I'm going to tell you everything. And then you're going to be like everyone else. You're going to listen. Maybe you'll talk to me once. And then you'll drop me. She said. So I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to tell you my whole life, Rabbi Wallstein, and then have you listen and drop me. I'd rather not talk about my stuff. Right? So she didn't want to talk. So I said, I'll tell you. I can't help you. I said, first of all, it's an interesting thing. When you help kids, right, that are struggling, um, what do you want? You want them to get better. But I find what happens is that when they get better, you don't give them the attention. In other words, you come to an emergency room and someone's bleeding out, right, they're in a car accident. So the emergency room doctor goes to them first and sews them up. And once they're sewn up and the bleeding stops, 
that doctor doesn't go back to her until much later, until he's finished with everyone, with everyone else, if he goes back to her, right? So what happens is, these kids get better, I don't give them the attention anymore. The other teachers don't give the attention, right? So then they realize that by being good, you don't, you don't get attention. So then they revert back to all their bad stuff. Seriously. I have a girl that she was cutting, she was anorexic, she mamish got totally better. And she was doing amazing. So of course I didn't talk to her anymore. I didn't have to, and the teacher, whatever. And all the people that were busy with her. So she started doing it again. And no one understood, like, she was better. Why'd she, why'd she relapse? She relapsed because she wasn't getting the attention. When you're good, you don't get the attention. And she wanted the attention. So this girl's telling me, I'm not telling you all my life. I said, listen, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an emergency room doctor. I, you know, I stop the bleeding. I, 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 I get the condition under control. And then I hand you off to the doctors. I can take care of you. I send you to a therapist, to a rabbi, to a life coach. I can't, because of how much I deal with, I can't speak to you three times a day and every single day. I'm telling you up front that this relationship is not where it's going. I said, I will help you. I will get everything under control. I will send you to the right people. But I can't do that if you don't give me all the information. So she was like, I said, let me tell you what happened. I said, I have a miserable cold. I'm, I'm, I've been sick for this, this whole week. Since, uh, since Shabbos, since the, uh, since the Shabbaton. I lost my voice Sunday. I did not think I'd be able to give Shia this week. I had no voice. I was like, nothing came out. Really. I tried to say Kaddish. Nothing came out. So I said, Hashem that I should get better so I'd be able to give a Shia. And Baruch Hashem, I had to give a Shia Monday morning. And I, all of a sudden, Monday, I didn't talk Sunday. I was in bed. I went to sleep at 12 in the afternoon. I woke up at 9 at night. I was so sick today before the Shia. I went to sleep today at 6.30. I put my alarm on at 10.15. I did not think I was going to give the Shia tonight. I said, Kush Baruch, you want me to give the Shia? you got to make me a little bit better. So, 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 so I have a doctor. The doctor knows everything about me. But I, I need a strep culture. I figured I had strep. So I'll just go to one of these technicians. Not a doctor, whatever, a PA, whatever it is. And do a strep culture. So, they did a strep culture. It's not, it wasn't positive. He said, by the way, something that's really good for a cold, for what you have, is to drink hot water with lemon, squeezed in fresh lemon, and a teaspoon or two of honey. Right? Which is, which is very, the honey has, it's all good for you. I'm like, I have a problem with the honey. He goes, what? I'm like, I'm a diabetic. You can't give honey to a diabetic, right? So, it was the wrong prescription. Now, my doctor would have never said put honey. He would have said put sweet in water. But he would never say put honey in your tea because he knows I'm a diabetic. But this guy didn't know I'm a diabetic. So he said put honey in because that's what you tell everybody. So I told the girl, if you don't tell me what's wrong with you, then I'm going to give you the wrong prescription. So you got to tell me what's all the stuff. If you don't give me all the stuff, I'm going to tell you to go to the wrong person. We had an amazing meeting today. Amazing meeting. And um, she's not such a such an atheist. She thought she was, but she's not a good atheist. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know why I got that. But anyway, so that's why um, you got before you give anyone information, you got to get all the information. Anyway, I put a little honey in here anyway, just to drop, just to drop. Okay, so let me let me read this. A very really a fascinating, fascinating koyakar. Again, if you could whoever's watching, buy this and learn this every Friday, Shabbos you'll have a whole different insight. Koyaka writes beautiful, beautiful Devatars, and some of them are extremely deep. He also had a very crazy love for Eretz Yisrael. So he writes, my father used to love it, because my father also had this love for Eretz Yisrael. He writes very pro Eretz Yisrael. It's very, very beautiful to read how he writes. But listen to what he says on this, on, on, on spiritual DNA. 
So we have the kasha. It says like this. The first pasuk in Toldos says, "Ve'elu Toldos Yitzchak ben Avram," and these are the children of Yitzchak, the son of Avram. Avram holed as Yitzchak. Avram gave birth to Yitzchak. So of course, everyone jumps on this. If you're going to tell me the children of Yitzchak, so tell me the children of Yitzchak was Yaakov Esav. It should say, "Ve'elu Toldos Yitzchak ben Avram." Yaakov Esav. It doesn't even say who his children are. It says, Avram holed as Yitzchak. So why does it have to tell me that Avram gave birth to Yitzchak? You already told me the Eilu told us Yitzchak ben Avram. You already told me that Yitzchak is the son of Avram. So why are you repeating yourself and telling me Avram gave birth? So Rashi jumps on it and he says the reason we say that is because Eilu told us Yitzchak ben Avram. Yitzchak was the son of Avram, but the rest of the world was saying one second, Avram, you're ninety nine. Sarah is ninety. She could never get pregnant from you. The two of you could not have children. She spends one night, right? She spends one night with, um, with Avi Melech. And all of a sudden she's pregnant. So the world is saying like, the two of you couldn't get pregnant. Then she spends one night with Avi Melech, all of a sudden she's pregnant. Who made her pregnant? For sure, Avi Melech. So everybody was running around saying, this baby that Sarah's having is Avi Melech's baby, which is stupid really. But when you start rumors, Right? It doesn't have to make sense. Why is it stupid? Guys, why is that a stupid rumor? It's a very dumb rumor. Why is it a dumb rumor? See if anyone can figure it out. While I have my tea with honey. <coughs> why is it a stupid rumor? Come on, think. <laughs> that's not why it's a stupid rumor, because it's late at night. <laughs> that's why you can't think. Why are they saying, why are they saying, they're saying our Roman story couldn't have children, so, it must have been Avi Melech that got Sarah pregnant. Avram could have children. He had Yishmael. So, and then he'll run away. So it was Sarah that couldn't have children. So Avi Melech doesn't. There's no difference between Avi Melech and Avraham. It wasn't Avram who couldn't have children. He already had Yishmael. So, so it's not Avram. Avram could have children. So it was Sarah that couldn't have children. So what's the difference between Avi Melech and Avram? Nothing. So why are you saying that it's Avi Melech that he was with Sarah, he had children? Avram Avinu. Had children already. He wasn't the Akar. The Akar was sorry, Emmanuel. So Abimelech's not any different than Abraham. What kind of stupid rumor is that? The answer is that when, when you have a rumor, it doesn't have to make sense. You hear? You hear what I'm saying? How come you guys can't think about that this time of night? Of course. So where, where did this rumor come from? So. That's something else that because because she switched whatever it was, but over here, right? So 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 the rumor was silly, but so what Hashem did though is once you have a rumor, it, you know, it comes into the inquirer. It's a rumor, so Hashem made a special thing. Yitzchak looked exactly like Avram. They were twins. Their moms were twins, so nobody could say that Avimelech was the father. Okay. Okay. Now, Chayyakah goes in a different direction. He says, "Why does it say Avram Heilad as Yitzchak?" So listen carefully. Should I say it in English or in Hebrew, or both? both. Okay. Avram. Even though it says that Yitzchak was the son of Avram, Why? So he says when it, when it's talking about Yishmael, it doesn't say Yishmael ben Avram. It says. Shinema Yishmo ben Avram Ashiyolda Hagar Hamitris. So there seems to be a difference between 
Hoylid is Yitzchak, and Be'ela told us Yitzchak Ben Avram. It seems to be a difference between being called the son of someone and being born from someone. What's the difference? You guys are my Talmidim. You are considered my sons. Banim, the Rebbe's Talmidim, are considered his sons. But I didn't give birth to you. So you can be someone's son without being born from him. But you can't be born from him without being his son. So you guys are my children, but I'm going to give you my credit cards. Right? Even though you're in my shear. So you consider it like my children, my bunim. But, but, but my children are definitely my, my children. So what's the difference? So he says the following. Over there it says, Ashe Yolda Hagar Hamitris. Why? So he says that it was necessary to state that Abraham is Yitzchak because Yishmael, it says he came from Hagar. So the designation of a son is mentioned regarding to Avram, but the birth of Yishmael is ascribed to Hagar. Therefore, it was necessary to state here that both the designation of son, that he was his Talmud, so he's considered his son, and the birth were both ascribed to Avram Avinu. In Hebrew, there's a difference between the terms ben, which is son, and tolda, which is birth. The word for son may be used sometimes even without birth. For instance, students are called sons, even though the teacher did not actually give birth to them. Moshe Rabbeinu said, it says in the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu, right, it says by Moshe Rabbeinu that he was considered the son of who? Of Batya. And it says in the Pasuk, in Shmos, right? He was like a son to her. But Bacha didn't give birth to him. And with regard to Esther, Hamalka, it says that Esther was a daughter to Mordechai. Mordechai was her uncle. So he didn't give birth to her. So what do you mean he was his daughter? Right? Because they taught them. They brought them up. And Avram was called the father of the many nations. He didn't give birth to many nations, right? Even though he didn't father. So he says... Therefore, there's a difference between teaching someone and literally fathering him. Whatever characteristics, this is Nairadik, that a Rebbe can also have spiritual DNA on his Talmudim. Whatever characteristic of the teacher's nature that a person acquires, you have a Rebbe and you want to be like him, and you acquire the midos of your Rebbe, it's only incidental. It's not part of you. You weren't born with it. It's not really in your spiritual DNA. It's sort of like a coat to keep you warm. You acquired it. Therefore, you can lose it easy. Right? So he says, so only it's incidental. It's not intrinsic. And even that depends on the recipient since it's an acquired characteristic. It depends on the student that got it. It doesn't depend on me. It depends on you. However, the characteristic that one receives from one who is fathered, the, 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 here's, here's my proof. The spiritual DNA that a child gets from his father are intrinsic. It's part of you. It becomes your midah. It's not a Rebbe, it's, it's your father. And it will not change if it is left to reside in his nature. If you don't change it, it will not change on its own. So if your father is cheap and he doesn't give tzedakah, then it's going to be in your DNA to be cheap. And if you don't change it, you're going to be cheap and your kids are going to be cheap and your great-grandchildren are going to be cheap. But if, but if I taught you something and then you don't listen to what I taught you, it's not going to be go over to your kids the same way. Because it's, it's something that's incidental. 
unless he exerts much diligence, diligence, effort, and habitation to change his nature. If you got that nature from your parents and it's in your DNA, unless you work very hard to change it, you're going to be, and that's where it comes from, that we grow up like our parents. There's a, I hate to use an English song, but when I was growing up, there was a song written by Harry Chapin, who happens to be a Jew. It's called Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. And that song made a very big impression on me as, as a kid. I don't like to quote gracious songs, but it happens to be brilliant. So the song goes, the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon, little boy blue and the man in the moon, when you coming home, dad, I don't know when. He's talking to his father, but his father says, well, we'll get together then, son. You know we'll get together then. And the song goes to when he's a little boy, till he's a teenager, till he's a... And his father always has a different excuse. Always has a different excuse. I'm very busy. I'm working, right? And the end, the end of the song, it's Carlos. The end of the song. So now the, the father who didn't give attention to the child is calling his kid. He's an old man. And he wants to spend time with his grandchildren and his son, and right? And his children. So he calls him to spend time, right? And he sings back to his father. Cats in the cradle of silver. Little boy, boy, and the man. When you come in, when you come in home, son, because he's asking him to come to him, right? Um, and his son says, "We'll get together then, Dad. You know, we'll have a good time then." He, he says to his father the exact thing that his father used to say to him: "I'm busy with the kids. My wife has the flu. You know, you know the song. And I'm trying to make a business. I don't have time for you. Whatever, right?" And the end of the song. The father, after he hangs up and his son doesn't want to, doesn't have time for him, the end of the song is, well, I guess he grew up just like me. He grew up just like me. Or something like that, whatever. Uh, really, okay, he didn't grow up just like him because he's spending time with his children as opposed to not spending time with him. No, he, no, 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 no. he doesn't have time for him. Well, he said, he said well, that's what he's saying. He doesn't have time for him. Like so him. that's sort of a, spirit, a, story, a, story, a song on spiritual DNA. You didn't have time for me, so I'm going to have that same spiritual DNA that I don't, I'm busy all the time and I don't have time for you, for my family, so I'm not going to have time for you. It's a glacier song, don't get me, it's a Jewish shape and wrote it, but it's, it's exactly what it's, it's exactly, it's very hard to change your spiritual, your DNA from your father. From your Rebbe, it's not hard to change because it's an acquired, but intrinsic, it's part of you. This Mausha Kalyakar about spiritual DNA, it's not normal. So over here in the Pasuk, it's telling us that Yitzchak had both. That, 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 that Yitzchak was Eli told us Yitzhak ben Avram that he told us he had the the outside learning told us right he was a child a ben of his father but Avram his DNA wasn't from his mother like Yishmael was from Hagar his DNA so he had two things going for him he had his father's DNA which was intrinsically part of him and he had the DNA of what he learned from his father we'll, we'll see what he says inside however the nature acquired from his teacher can easily change Moshe said to Hashem, have I conceived this entire nation? Have I fathered them? So I never understood that. What was he telling Hashem? We know that Moshe Benu didn't give. They were, they were doing Averis, and he turned to Hashem and he said, what am I, their father? What kind of chutzpah was that? Right? And he wasn't their father. He didn't have the kol kaisro. But this is what he's saying. He was saying, even though they're my students, and students are called my sons, I have, he was telling Hashem, I have not literally fathered them. They're not my children. They don't have my DNA. I have not literally fathered. What can I do if the deeds change from good to evil? For they have devised accounts that didn't come from me. For the matter did not originate from, from Moshe Abedo. Why then place all the guilt on me as if sins are my fault? 
right? As for the statement, these are the offsprings of Aaron and Moshe, and then it mentions only Aaron's son, Nadav and Avihu, even though Moshe did not actually father them. Why is it considered Tola? Because Aaron, who did father them, is also mentioned. Therefore, Yishmuel is only called Avram's son, but he's, but he's not called his offspring, since he did not receive any of his father's nature, apart from whatever Avram taught him by his good deeds. In other words, he wasn't intrinsically like Avram. He was just a good guy, whenever Yishmuel was good, because he learned from him. These characteristics were only incidental to him and later changed when he fell into his bad ways. Therefore, the term offspring with regard to Yishmael, he's considered Hagar, gave birth to him. The Egyptians were steeped in immorality, and so he too reveled in the acts of immorality. And this did not change when he inherited from Hagar. Yitzchak, however, received Avram's nature and also learned from his deeds. And therefore, everything was ascribed to Avram, both the expression that he was his son and that that he was his birth father, not like Yishmael. Okay, so we see from here that... Um, we see from here that a person gets spiritual DNA from his birth parents. So if you, as a parent, even now, you're not even married. You don't have kids. But you do certain things that will affect the spiritual DNA of your children. Because Dina wasn't born when Leah went out. But she still became a girl who went out because that was something that Leah did. So you're not just behaving yourself and doing the right things right now for yourself. You're doing it for your children and your grandchildren. There are girls that I sit with that tell me, I, I, don't, I don't know what the challenge of Tznius is. I don't want to wear a short skirt. And I, I don't have that Yetzirah. I'm like, no, it's not that you don't have Yetzirah. Your grandmother or great-grandmother or your mother fought to be a Tznua. And therefore, it's in your DNA. And therefore, that is not your problem. It doesn't, it's easy. We find certain Averis that are easy not to do. And other Averis we struggle with. Why are they easy? Because someone in our family, in our tree above us, put into their DNA that they broke that. They beat the Yetzirah on that Avera. And therefore, their children don't even have that Yetzirah. So now he asks a fantastic question. He says, I must preempt anyone who might contest this and say, it's not true. Why? Because if Yitzhak was born with such holiness and purity that he came from Avram Avinu, he was born from Avram Avinu, and he learned from Avram Avinu, why did Esav, who enticed women from their husbands, how could Esav come from such a person? If you're telling me that the spiritual DNA comes from the parent, how could Esav become an Esav with a Rivka and, 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 and a Yitzchak being their father? It's a fantastic question. If spiritual DNA is true, how do you get an Esav from a Yitzchak and an Esav? From a Yitzchak and a, and a, from a, from a, Yitzchak and a Rivka. So he says the following. What? Oh, so he says, and specifically, Esau was into enticing women from their husbands. He was very into adultery. Sleeping with married women was his thing. So it must be, so people were walking around saying, it must be that this Russia, Esau, he's an adulterer, must be, ah, fantastic, fantastic, must be, so he answers the question. Must be that he's that 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 this Yitzchak, that this that this Yitzchak is not a son of Avram. He has to be a son of Avimelech. What did we say before? Why are these people stupid? What are they saying? Why are they starting a rumor? Starting a rumor, Avram Avinu could have children. 
So why did they say the child came from Avimelech? We knew Abraham Avinu could have children from Hagar. So Kliyok is answering that question. He's saying, that's not why they started the rumor. They started the rumor when there was a kid like Esau running around. So they started the rumor. Esau? Esau can't come on Abraham. Spiritual DNA, right? We'll have to give a whole share on it. So it must be, if he has a child like Esau, it can't be from Abraham. It must be from Avimelech. Avimelech was a lowlife. He had all these women. He, he took women away from their husbands. And he killed the husbands. Ah, that's where the rumor came from. The rumor didn't come from because Avram couldn't have a child. The rumor came from, how could a child like Esau come from a Yitzchak? Who you saying? Yitzchak came from Avram and the spiritual DNA. That can't be. So people are walking around saying, it must be Avimelech. How could you have such a grandchild? How could a grandchild come from Avram? So it wasn't coming from that rumor that I thought it was coming from. Right? So that's what he says. So Kayaka says, that's where the rumor was coming from. How do you have a grandchild? Must be that must be that Yitzchak is not Avram's child. Yitzchak's Avimelech's child. So he said, no. And that's what Rashi says. They had a good taina. The taka had a good taina. So Baruch Hu had to go ahead and shape Yitzchak's faithful features to look like Avram. But Lamaise, it's a good question. How did an Esav come from Rivka and Yitzchak who came from Avram Vino? So he says the following. He says the following. He says, it seems for this reason that all three descriptions of Rivka's background. Ah, let's take a look at the Chumash for a minute. Where does it say all three descriptions? Wow. Right? And that's what it should have said in the Pasuk, guys. It should have said that Yitzhak was 40 years old when he took Rivka. I never saw this before. The Torah says a lot more. Rivka, Basbasuel. She was the daughter of Besuel, Ha'arami, who was a crook, Mipadan Aram, from Padan Aram, Achos Loban Arami, Loyli Isha. Look at this crazy description of Rivka. She was the daughter of Besuel, who was a crook. She came from Padan Aram, and she was the sister of Loban, who was a crook. Why the Torah, if the Torah is talking about Rivka, why do you have to say all the negative things of who her father was and who her brother was? Just say he took Rivka. So he says it's an answer to where Esav's DNA came from. He says, that's why the Torah tells us this. In order to explain the origin of the three negative attributes that were inherent in Esav, the three negative DNA things that he had in Esav, the Torah wants to tell you, it didn't come from Avram, it didn't come from Avimelech, it came from her. And the Torah tells you the three things. She was Besuel, from Besuel. She was a, bro- a, a sister of Laban. And she came from Padan. Now, what, what was wrong with Padan Aram? We're going to tell you. So he said the following. So why would he entice women from their husbands? Where did he get that from? They specifically did adultery. He didn't go after girls that weren't married. He went after girls that were married. So we learned before, last week, I told you that Besuel got his name from Besula, which is a virgin. Besuel was the governor of his country. And he had a law that the Greeks had later, Hanukkah's coming, they also had that law, that if you want to marry someone... You have to lose your virginity to him. In other words, you have to sleep with him first, then you can go to your husband. So he was called Besuel. He broke the Besula, the virginity of every girl. Therefore, that spiritual DNA, right, of taking girls away from their husbands and being with them first, went into Asaph. So he specifically wanted girls who had husbands. They were that's, that's spiritual DNA. So that's why the Pusik tells us he took Rivka 
who was married to this guy, and from that came an Esau. What else? Oh, so that's like he has no hero, and you know what's going on here. No, that, that's what he said before. You have to fight that. You can break it, but it's, it's work. He says, and then he says that where Esau came here and he said to his brother Yaakov, how he paid him in Adam Adam pour the food down my mouth. Right? He just came in like a chazer. And he's like, just pour it down my mouth instead of eating like a normal human being. Feed me now. This indicates that he ate and drank excessively. Where do we see that? Where did he get that from? So before, in Pasha's Lech Lecha, where it says that Abram was traveling through Aram Naharayim and Aram Nachar, is where they came from. It says in the, in the Bereshit Rabbah, in the Medrash, that Abram Avinu saw that these people that lived there were eating and drinking and getting drunk and reveling. They were out of control with drinking and food. And he said, in the Medrash it says, and he said, let not my portion be in this land. He said, I don't want to be Bereshit Rabbah. He said, I don't want to be part of this land. And he kept going through it. So that was Padam Aram. So she came from that land where they ate and drank excessively. And therefore, um, Esau had no manners and said, just pour the food down my mouth. So he got that DNA. The first DNA he got from his grandfather, the Suel. The second DNA he got actually from the land that he lived in. Okay? And the third DNA, as for Esau being deceitful, he was a crook, and we see he deceived his father. He used to ask Yaakov Levinu all these different questions you have to give uh, Yitzhak Avino used to ask him, do you have to give Meiser on straw? He let, let his father think that he was a very firm guy. Meanwhile, he was doing everything out there. Where did he get that from? He heard it from Lavon Arami. The Pasuk says, Lavon Arami, Besuel Arami. They were scoundrels and they were deceivers. So, the Torah is telling us specifically, don't think he came from Amimela. Don't think Esav came because of Aram Avino. Esav DNA came from Rivka. And Rivka's DNA came from her father Besuel. And that was to, not, it was to do Averis with women. And that was coming from a land where you ate and you were out of control. And that was from Lavan Arami. So she had all this negative DNA. Esav took all that DNA. Yaakov took all the DNA from, from Avram Avinu and his father Yitzchak. So this is a very clear Kleyakar that the DNA of your parent has a huge effect on you, right? Even though Esav didn't, Esav wasn't even alive when Besua was doing these things. How is, how is she such a good person and Esav was not? Because right. So that so so we're gonna we're gonna now we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question. So again, that was what Avraham Avinu was looking for. And I talk about this every year. We already learned in over an hour. I just want to tell you this very, very fast. And maybe we'll talk about it more next week. But this is a very big discussion. And it's a long discussion. So I'm just going to ask you one straight question. The question is like this. It says, Vayeta Yitzchak Hashem, Lenochach Ishta. Yitzchak Davit Hashem, opposite his wife. First of all, why do you have to tell me he was opposite his wife? He Davit Hashem with his wife. What, what? So it says he was on one side of the roof. She was on the other side of the roof. Who cares? Torah ever tells you where somebody's davening? Right? So what did it tell me? Neichach. Neichach means there was something opposite between the two of them. Number one. Then it says, Kiyakarihi, because she, was, she couldn't have children. Hashem. Hashem listened to him. And she became pregnant. So the question... What? So the question I asked 
last year or two years ago, was, imagine a guy goes to a Rebbe with his wife, didn't have children for 15 years. They go to the Rebbe, it's the first night of Hanukkah, and they say, Rebbe, we have no children, please help us. He goes, oh, you came to be the right night. Hanukkah night, if you're up a whole night, and you say, each one of you says three times the whole tehillim, and you cry, next year by Hanukkah you'll have a baby. They both go home, he goes, he down and she down, they cry a whole night, they're up a whole night. Kachoyer, she gets pregnant, they have a baby. They come back Hanukkah with the baby to thank the Rebbe. And they sit in front of the Rebbe and they're like, Rebbe, you know, it worked. It was a miracle. We didn't have kids for 15 years. And we both davened and we cried. Hashem, Hashem gave us this baby. We came to thank you. And he looks at the woman. He says, you? Hashem didn't listen to one word you said. You don't deserve to be listened to. Your husband, his to him, that's what Hashem listened to. If it wasn't for him, he wouldn't have kids. The, woman, the, woman, the woman's devastated. She's devastated. All my children said, well, what's going on? Why didn't Hashem listen to me? Am I a rush? What did I do wrong? And, 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 and the, the guy who's in the room, he doesn't understand the Rebbe. What does it hurt you to say, Mazel Tov, thank you, Hashem, listen to your tulos. You have to Let's say he had Ruch HaKodesh, and Hashem really listened to him, not her. What are you hurting her for? Just say, Mazel Tov, Hashem, listen to your tulos. You should always listen to your tulos. What are you, crazy? You, you're killing this girl. What's the Torah doing over here? They both go to pray, and the Torah tells us, Hashem, listen to him, not her. Hashem, just say, you listen to both of them. And Rashi says, even worse. Rashi says, why did Hashem listen to him, not her? Because her, she was a tzaddik ben Rasha. And he was a tzaddik ben tzaddik. So let's make Rivka feel real bad. You stood and prayed, and Hashem didn't listen to you. You know why? Your father was a Rasha. She's about tshuva, changed her whole life, did everything for Hashem, and the Torah telling us, straight up over here, ha ha, Hashem didn't listen to you. How do you understand that? It doesn't make any sense at all. Why would the Torah tell us this? So I answered this a few years ago, and I said that that's not what was going on here. There was a big machloikas, a big argument between the two of them. Yitzhak said like this. Yitzhak said, I know I'm going to have a child. Hashem promised Abraham Avinu that from me is going to come Klai Yisrael. I know I'm going to have a child. Hashem. Of course I want a tzaddik. I want a child to be a tzaddik. But if you're not going to give me a tzaddik, give me a rasha. Give me someone who's bad to the bone. Because I don't want someone who's gray, who's flipsy-flopsy. I want someone who's really bad. Someone who's really bad, who knows he's bad, he's going to change. He can do tshuva. But a guy that, that rationalizes, eh, not so bad, you know, I, I do good things, so this is not the end of the world. Those kind of people, I don't want them in my children. Where did he get this... Where did he get this um, theory from? Where did Yitzhak get this from? Hashem, you give me good, give me white, or give me black? Don't give me gray. It came from Avram Avinu, it came from his father. His father said, don't bring me a, a woman from Canaan. Why not? They were in Beziakov. He made them. He had a Beziakov. Go to my family. Your family? Loving in Besuel? Who, even Avram Avinu couldn't get his nephew... And his brother, he couldn't, his brother, he couldn't get them to change. You're sending Eliezer to bring you someone from them when you have Kenanim that are sitting and learning in Beis Yaakov and getting dressed sneezing. What's going on over here? Abraham Avinu said, listen, the bottom line is I made them Balik Tshuva. How did I make them Balik Tshuva? I gave them to eat. And I gave them a house. And I took care of them. Right? They're wishy-washy. If someone, I give them a thousand dollars, someone will come along, some missionary, and give them ten thousand dollars. They're going to go with the higher price. They're not solid. They're wishy-washy. 
I don't want in my DNA wishy-washy. Because throughout all the generations, there are going to be missionaries trying to change the Jews. Go to my family who's black. Sinners. I can't even get to them. They won't do tshuva. They're a shoyim. If you can find me in my family, a girl, who has that need of stubbornness, you can't change her, but she's good, that's what I need. Give me black or give me white. Don't give me no, don't give me no, go, no Canaan who's gray. Yitzchak said, that's what my father wanted. So I, my prayer that I learned from my father is, I don't want no gray. I don't want no child that's sometimes good. Sometimes he goes to yeshiva, he tries to get out of the stomach, and sometimes he tries to get out of the stomach when he's, when he's going to the movie theaters. Yeah, I learned so I can watch movies. You know, I don't want that. If he's bad, let him be bad. If he's really bad, we could change him to really good. He's not wishy-washy. So once you bring him over, like my Abby, who was so in my story, right? Once she, I turned her from being hating Hashem and being angry, she's unstoppable. Because I took that mida and it became good. Rivka said, uh-uh. I don't want a kid that's like my father, Bisuel, or my brother, Lavan. I dealt with that already in my life. Those guys... They're no good. I'll take a gray. I'll take someone that at least keeps some mitzvahs. I don't want where I'm coming from. This is their machlekes. They daven His wife was davening for either good or gray. He was davening for either good or, or, or bad to the bone. So he was davening opposite her. They were davening for two things that were opposite each other. The Torah comes to tell us Hashem. Hashem said, you're right. I'm listening to you. Your father was right. Either very good or very bad. No mixture. So the Vietalo is not coming to the Rebbe and he said, your trill is not accepted. They, one said, I want black or white. The other one said, I'll take white or gray. The Torah is telling us, Hashem, listen to him. If that's the case, she said, I don't understand. She thought she was only having one child. She goes, so she, she knew that Hashem was, that Yitzhak was right, in the end that Hashem was Makabal Yitzhak's tefillah. So she understood, I'm going to have either a very good kid or a very bad kid. And now she goes past the yeshiva, and the kid tries to get out. Then she goes past the church, and the kid tries to get out. That's what she prayed for. That's the gray. So she said, I don't understand. I don't understand. Right, so Abana Makirba, something's going on over here. But tell him, Cain, if this is the case, that my kid, she thought she had one kid, is wishy-washy. He wants to go to church, he wants to go to the movies, but he also wants to learn. Why did you pick me? Why in the end did you listen to Mike Fila? You said that you listened to Vayetalo, you listened to Yitzchak. This seems to be that I'm right. That, that you gave me a wishy-washy kid. That I'm the right one. But it says that you listened to him. So I don't understand. Listen, maybe think how this comes out. What does that mean? She went to yeshiva. What does it mean, lidrash Hashem? She went to, to, to be, to, 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 what's lidrash in English? To, um, it's more than question. To, like to dig into it, right, with Hashem. What are you digging into? She was digging into, I don't understand. Hashem, you're the one that it says, by you said you listened to Yitzchak. So if you listen to Yitzchak, why did you give me a child that's gray? Lidrash Hashem, she came to figure out, God, what are you doing? In one passage, you said you listen to him. But the actual child that you give me, you listen to me. 
What's going on here? So that Lidro, she went to, she went shame to Avery. She went, Lidro to Hashem to figure out, I don't understand what you're doing, Hashem. You tell me, you listen to him, but you gave me a baby, you listen to me. He said, no, 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 no. Hashem listened to Yitzchak. You don't have one child. You have one black and you have one white. Hashem listened to him. So then she had no more questions. Right? It says, and Shnei going to the next, they're two children, and they're going to split, and one's going to be her. She didn't ask any more questions. She had twins. Because the minute they told her that there was two, she realized that a Kishbaruch who listened to, to, to Yitzhak's prayer, and Yitzhak's prayer was, give me one white and give me one black. But in the end, in the end, Esav did not do tshuva. So maybe it was a mistake. Maybe they should have had uh, a, two children that were gray. And the answer is, the Gemara says that Esav actually was bigger than Yaakov. That's why his head was buried there. Esav was the fourth of us. There's a whole Gemara on this. When Mashiach comes, and it's Hashem Bekarayv, right? There are four emotes, and there's four, there's four settings at the table. And one of them is empty. Because Esav was supposed to marry Leah. That he was supposed to be the fourth father. It was supposed to be Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Esav. And it says that Esav would have been a bigger father than, y- than Yaakov. He messed up. So really, Yitzchak was right. Esav had the Kayach, even though he was black, to become white and become much whiter, much greater than actually Yaakov. But he failed that test. And according to the Kayakar, you're right, he had the inherent DNA. But according to the Kleyokar, if you have the inherent DNA, you can change it. It takes more work, Kleyokar said, because it's part of you. It was, it was not acquired, it was just the opposite. It was part of him. So, so with, a, with a lot of work, he could have broken that. And had he broken that, he would have actually been bigger. Because of course, the struggle muscle. He would have been bigger than, he would have been bigger than Yaakov Levino. He failed. He didn't do that. What do you mean? She changed the DNA. She was the one in today. Right. No, because DNA works because more than one generation. In fact, in the world of physical DNA, most DNA skips a generation. It's recessive. You have to learn about DNA, but it's recessive. And, and many times the grandchild, great-grandchild, you'll have a redhead, right? And the parents will be like, where did this kid come from? <laughs> he, she's black. He's black. The grandparents are black. And you'll find out Oh, my great-grandmother was a redhead. There's dominant and there's recessive. So sometimes it comes out, it comes out a generation later. So, so this Kleyakar is extremely clear, very straight up and clear, that there's a thing called spiritual DNA. And that's, that explains, you know, that explains these psukim. And, um, and in the end, we see that, we'll talk about this next week, that Yitzhak, yeah, Yitzhak is Esau. Yitzhak loved Esau because Esav was different than Yitzhak. Yitzhak grew up living at home and not going out. And Esav was exciting. He always had stories from the fields. And Rivka, who grew up in the fields, she was actually, he met her at the waterhole. She was living with Basul. She fell in love with her son, who sat at home all day and learned. We, when it comes to our children, the children that we have problems with, having a relationship with, are the ones that are the most like us. The kid that's very different than you is the one that you love very much more than the kid that's like you because you don't usually like yourself that much and you're always looking at that kid that's like you and thinking, why can't you be like me if the kid's not like you and you're a good guy if you're not a good guy, you're like 
I don't understand. Like, why can't you be better? You try to live through that child your life that you failed. So the kid that's like you is the kid you struggle with. The kid, the son, the child that's very different than you, that's the one that you like. So Yitzchak, Esau was the opposite of him. So Yaakov was someone that he was with Yeshua like Yitzchak. So Yav Yitzchak is Yaakov. Rivka, she was a person who came from the field, who came from Laban, who came from Suel. So to her, what was the opposite of her? Esau wasn't the opposite of her. She had a brother like that. The opposite of her was Yaakov Avinu, who was Yeshua Holom. So it says, Vayav, a Rivka as Yaakov. Anyway, we should all be Zaycha, that we should be able to give our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren the most unbelievable, fantastic spiritual DNA, and you can't wait until you have the ch- children. We learn from here that the DNA is in you before you have the children, and that affects the children. And that's why I got up last night, and I, put, I picked up my little phone, and I said, if you have this phone, you have the DNA to tell your children not to have an iPhone. But if you don't have this phone, then you have no right to tell them not to, because you already put in their DNA. What you're, what you're doing is already in their DNA, even if they're the unborn child that wasn't born. And for the boys who are not married or the boys who are married, we see from the Shulchan Aruch and from the Mishabura that when you're together with your wife, if your if Akshavos are very holy, then the child that you're going to have, and I'm not telling you that it's easy at that point to have such Akshavos, but the child that you're going to have is going to be very holy. If your Akshavos are more behemoth, more animalistic, then the child that you're going to have is going to be more animalistic. It's not the child's fault. It's your fault. So a person has to be careful that it's Mishat Zibug to, to be in a very Kaddish sticker place. Tzlach and Bach and have a good week. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com